Let us pray together. Lord God, this day we desire to exalt you with our hearts as we have in song and our minds as we listen this day to your word and our bodies, God, as we serve your kingdom. God, help us today to have an understanding all the more that nothing in this life matters as much as you. God, equip us with your scripture through your spirit to desire to serve you and honor you with all the many matters of our life. Help us to be a a church who rests and exhales when we remember that you are good and you have us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, a very special welcome this day to our members, guests, and friends today. We are excited, of course, to be together. And I want to say welcome as well to those who may be viewing online or checking us out at a later time. Today, we are continuing in a series that we've been in for a few weeks called Content in Christ, uh, where we sought to together examine God's word to see how all the things in life that we seek to satisfy us will never be enough, but only Christ alone can content us and keep us. And if you're a friend today who's come this day, uh, I want to encourage you, if you get an opportunity, you can check out our previous message from this series on YouTube. We'll have another one coming up next Sunday, so of course we will be delighted to see you here as well then. Today we're going to be in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 10 in a message called Health Alive in Christ. And if you want to turn there in your Bible, you can do that. And we'll have it on the screen here in just a moment. So as you turn there, an account was shared uh, recently by a church member in a church in Atlanta. He shared this. I got a call from a girl in the department that I worked in. And she said her car had been broken down and left stranded about two miles from our office. So I drove over there and found her leaning against her car, looking frustrated. And I said to her, what happened? She said, well, I was just driving down the road and the car quit running. I asked, could you be out of gas? No, I just filled up. Well, that one question exhausted this man's diagnostic abilities. Might be true for some of us as well. So he persisted. What happened? Did it make any noise? Oh, yeah, she replied. As I was driving down the hill, it went brump, 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 pow. I asked her, when was the last time you changed the oil? She said, oil? (laughs) As it turned out, she had owned the car for a year and a half and had never even thought about oil at all. This man shares that when he asks a similar question to his friends about when was the last time they took a break to care for their souls and care for their bodies, sometimes he gets the same kind of look and same kind of response. You know, God has given us a body to serve him. But more than this, he's given us an eternal soul to know him eternally. Look with me at 1 Timothy 4, verses 8 through 10. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, 
For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. In our day, there is a lot of focus on our body in all kinds of ways, our health being one of the ways that our attention is drawn to our physical self and our culture and our society. And that's for good reason. God has given us a body to serve him, but more than even this, he calls us to a a healthy soul so that we might serve him here and know him there in eternity, even when our body dies one day. So as we think on this today, as you consider this idea today, what of your body and what of your soul? Are you caring for yourself, motivated by right reasons? And do you know that while your body won't last, what you do for Christ's kingdom will last eternally? And is that reflected in how you live this life today? And so think on this as we ponder this scripture today. And as we dwell on that, our first point of focus today is this, the purpose of our bodies. Look with me at verses 8 and 9. For a little background to these verses, Paul is writing to Timothy, who is his protege in the church in Ephesus, to give him some guidance on leading the church where he happens to be essentially serving as the lead pastor. The church is wrestling at this point in Ephesus with false teaching coming into the church, coming into small groups, coming into teaching times. And most of the time, this false teaching in the church looked like this. It looked like true biblical ideas mixed with false human wisdom. And so it was hard sometimes to discern, is this biblical or is this just cultural? And so Paul's writing to Timothy to tell him, hey, here's how you deal with this issue. And Paul's reminding Timothy, especially in this letter, how critical it is that he and the church know the word of God. Not just that Timothy understands, not just that the leaders of the church understand the word, but the people in the church understand the word of God because that will be the means by which they can discern falsehood from truth. And so in verses 8 and 9, he contrasts physical health with spiritual health. Physical health is good. God has made our bodies. But spiritual health matters more, matters most. Physical health even, its real value for the Christian is that it allows us to serve God all the more. That we take care of ourselves in a way that equips us and allows us to serve God all the more, whatever the condition of our body. Certainly as we age, there are things that occur in our physical health we can't control. But if we take care of ourselves the best we can, whatever the realities of our body, it allows us to serve God all the more. To walk from place to place, sometimes to hobble to do physical labor for our neighbors or have a good conversation, to earn a living so that we might disciple our families. This was understood even in this Roman city Ephesus as good, where physical health was valued. The people in and around this church understood that physical health was good. But those in the church, Paul is reminding that its value, the value of our physical health, matters in as much as it allows us, our minds, our bodies, to remain healthy so we can serve our God. Research in England revealed that employers 
who unfairly treat their employees can actually make them sick. That's according to a study in which 6,400 civil servants in London were asked questions such as, do you ever get criticized unfairly? Do you ever get praised for your work or not? There was a follow-up study 10 years later that showed that men who reported low scores on their boss's fairness were 30% more likely to have coronary heart disease, which is the number one killer in Western societies. Ongoing stress is a major contributor to this affliction. Labor experts say the effect on the employee's health might even be greater in the United States since workers in this country spend more time at their jobs than their counterparts overseas. Our physical health is of great value. Our mental health is of great value. Caring for ourselves is of great importance in that it allows us to do the things we desire to do with our lives in respect to honoring God. And for you and I, God has made us to serve him in order that we might do that the best way possible. And so if that's our desire, we are to seek to care for our bodies, care for our minds, our physical health, our mental health. But in our time, some certainly have taken these things to an extreme. Some people have become obsessed with their bodies. For every blemish is a crisis and every crease a catastrophe. Others have become stagnant, letting their bodies fall apart in a way that they could control, maybe could condition. Others have themselves and their worth connected to their body and their ability to use it or maybe what it looks like. But instead, for you and I, if we know Christ today, we are called by his word to seek to care for ourselves in the ways we can so that we can be useful in the best ways we can for the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean we keep ourselves tan, tight, and model quality. That's not what the word's speaking about. Nor does it mean that we treat our bodies like an old work truck, never resting or nurturing. It means that we rest. We seek to eat as a matter of fuel. We keep ourselves physically cared for because of this. Let this be our motivation, what Paul was echoing in verse 8, because our effectiveness in serving God in the places he has us is directly impacted by how well we care for the body that he's given us and by how focused we are on his work instead of our appearance or what we can't do. And so how can we apply this to our lives? This is what we call the why, what, and how. Why does this matter? What do we do about it? And how do we do it? Why does this matter? Because we are called to care for and be content with our bodies. The focus of our series is this go-round contentment. Contrary to what the world says, your worth isn't in how white your teeth are or how big your muscles are or how much work you can accomplish in a shift. That's not where your value is. But we also aren't to act as if our bodies can withstand everything. They are meant to be fueled and cared for, cared for in a way that allows us to serve God. And so what do we do about it? Well, consider the way that you view yourself. 
If you check the mirror 15 times before your shower and after your shower and before sitting in the pew and maybe after you leave the church today, you might have an issue. If you won't leave the house unless things are pristine, you might have a challenge. If you eat like every day is potluck Sunday, as if your body can handle it, you may need some course correction. That breakfast today was good. Amen. But maybe not every morning. How do you view your body? And so what do we do about it? Well, let this scripture be our perspective. Some regard for your body is good because it is a gift from God. He has given it for a purpose. It affects your spiritual health as well. Reasonably taking care of yourself but not viewing it as your worth, but as a tool instead to serve God is a good thing. It's a good thing. So as much as you can, get this perspective in your life. Don't worship your body or people's perspectives on it, but don't undervalue it. And don't feel like you're counted out because your body doesn't do what it once did. You can still serve God's kingdom wherever you are, and whatever your condition, God made you and made your body, and so we are called to honor and worship him and how we treat it so we can serve him as effectively as we can on into the last day of our life. And as you consider this truth, we draw attention to our second point, that eternal life, this coming after our last day, is itself true life. Look with me at 1 Timothy 4, excuse me, what is our verse? Four? Yeah, four, ten. I got six here. Don't go there. Four, ten. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Here again, Paul is reminding his readers that spiritual health matters most. And this is really the hard work, what he describes here as toil. Other versions say hard work that he's describing. That being faithful to God is labor. I had the privilege this morning of teaching one of our Sunday school classes. We talked about this exact point. As we turn towards God in our life, it is sometimes difficult work to stay obedient and faithful to God. Which he strengthens us to do. His spirit is in us for that purpose. To equip us and enable us to be obedient to him. But you see this morning, even that, even if that's true, even if... We can care for our bodies. We can serve the kingdom of God. Our hope isn't in our bodies. Our hope is not in this earthly life. And our hope is not in our faithfulness to God. As Paul says here, our hope is in the living God. Because the truth is this. We are all dying. Even as we sit here this morning, our bodies are dying. And unless Jesus returns, we are all destined for the grave. Even those of us who are Christians today don't care for our spiritual lives perfectly. You would say that's true for you as I do. So if our hope is in our ability to care for our bodies or our souls or to perform, at least in our mind, for God, we are without hope. But our hope is to instead be in Christ alone, who is Savior of all, and that he died for the sin of all people, of every one of us 
this day. And for those who believe while their bodies will die, they will live eternally with Christ. And that itself is true health. That is true spiritual health, given, maintained, and sustained by Jesus for all who believe in him. One pastor in Alabama shared this. I'm a tremendous sports fan. Since many sporting events take place when I'm not at home, I record them. When it's time to sit in my easy chair and view the game, unlike most people, I don't start at the beginning. Instead, I fast forward to the end to see who won and who lost. If my team lost, I'll stop watching. But if my team won, I'll start the game at the beginning, get out some snacks, and watch the whole game. Some say this method can't be much fun, but I love it. Because no matter how bad things look for my team, I don't have to worry. Because I know the end of the story. That's how we might think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. No matter how bad things look in this life, no matter the condition of our bodies or our minds, we don't have to worry because we know the end of the story if we know Christ as Savior today. And this is why our hope this day, church, friends, guests, this is why our hope today cannot be in our bodies because, hear me again, you will die one day, period. In our society in this day, we've done so much to sort of distance ourselves from the realities of death. Somebody passes, we call somebody to come take them away, and then we don't see them again until the funeral, and then we bury them in the ground, and then we go on with life. And sometimes the reality of death is escaping our minds. When you have the privilege to serve people in the work that I do, you see death often. And as you see that, as you examine that, the realities of eternity become all the more apparent. And so for you and I this day, let us realize that our body is destined for the grave and our hope cannot be in our works for God either. Because hear me this day, you've already failed at that. This morning, sometime between your waking and your sitting in the pew, certainly you've disobeyed God. In action, in heart. If this is all riding on your body, or this is all riding on your obedience, if salvation was based on works, then you'd already be in hell. But our hope instead, as the word reminds us this day, is to be in Christ alone and to be in Christ forever. Yes, Christians this day, if you believe in Jesus as your Savior, serve him faithfully in spite of your struggle with sin. And yes, care for your bodies so that you can serve him to the best of your ability. But church, don't get hung up on your failing health and your failing body. Your body has been corrupted by sin, and it will fail. And don't get hung up on serving God perfectly. You're a sinner, and he isn't counting on your perfect service. Instead, what God is looking for from you and from me is trust in him alone as our Savior and striving towards obedience to his commands by his power in us. What matters here is this, that you stop 
hoping in your body, stop hoping in yourself, stop hoping in your abilities, and start believing and hoping in Christ alone to save you, Christ alone to use you here on this earth, and Christ alone to take you into heaven when your body does fail one day because he died for your sin. Christ died on a cross for you so you might be forgiven and you might be saved. And one day, one day, finally be made physically and spiritually whole in a place called heaven. But even then, not for your glory, but for God's glory. And this can be true for you today. If you don't know Jesus this day and your hope is in your abilities and you're just kind of mapping out life and thinking, I'm just going to do all the good works that I can do. I'm going to keep working as hard as I can. I'm going to build something financially or in my resources. And I don't really know what's on the other side of that, but that's where my focus is. I want you to know today that Christ has more for you than just your abilities. And if your hope this day is that you're just going to keep piling up good works and hoping that when you meet God face to face that it's going to balance out, I'm here to tell you this day that it won't. And Christ isn't counting on that for you. But instead, there is only one hope for us. And it isn't physical health and it isn't good works. The scripture says that this is a trustworthy and true saying, and everyone should accept it. Our hope is in the living God who can be your Savior if you will believe and trust in him alone. And so in response to the scripture, what's the why, what, and how? Why does this matter? Because real health, real health begins with salvation. If you really want to be who it is that God made you to be, or even beyond that, if you really want to be who you want to be in your best moments, stop obsessing over your body, over your quality of life, and start by accepting Christ as your Savior and committing to following him as your Lord. And so what do we do do with this? We must first, in order to become followers of this Christ, this one who has an easy burden for us, not a heavy one based on our works, we must recognize our need. For some who are already Christians, we aren't allowing God to be the Lord of our bodies and our lives. Instead, we seek to use them for our own gain. Let us repent this day and ask God to see our hearts moved in a right direction, realizing we were made for him, body and soul. Others today don't know Christ as Savior. And you've been basing and building your value on your looks and your works. Come. Rest is being offered to you. The burden of your labor is to be lifted from you if you will come to Christ. Let him alone be your resting place, your Sabbath. He does have work for you to do in this life. He does have means for you to accomplish something with this body, but it will never save you. 
and it will never be how your value is judged when it comes to our Savior. And so how do we do that? Well, we must accept Christ as Savior and follow him, body and soul, as Lord. And that begins with becoming a Christian, confessing our sin, turning away from our sin and turning towards Christ, believing he forgives us and believing and trusting that he saves us from the consequence of sin, which is hell. And he alone can do that because he died in our place on the cross. And then, Christians, hear me this day, and then following him as Lord, giving our bodies over to his service, not our service. Caring for ourselves so that we can care for his kingdom, not our kingdom. Not elevating our bodies, but elevating Christ with how we use them. Close your eyes for just a moment. We're going to close in a song. And if today you are a Christian and you've been treating your body like an idol in pride or insecurity, during this song, I want you to ask God to help you to understand that he defines your worth. Not what you look like, not what you do, or not what you can't do. Repent and ask him to help you to serve him. Others today, you might be treating your body like a rag doll with no care and no thought. Repent and let today be a day of commitment to care for yourself so that you can serve God. And I know today there may be some who don't know Christ as Savior, but you're ready to become a Christian. And if that's you during this song, I want you to walk down this aisle. Meet me here at the end and I'll pray with you and help you to meet Jesus. And so however this day you need to pray, these steps are open. I want to invite you today to come and make a decision to follow Christ or follow him more faithfully. And so God, today, help us to understand our worth. Lord, this day, help us to care for your creation, even our bodies. And help us today, who don't know you, to have the boldness this day to come and to meet you as you open your arms to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.